0: What's up, Godspeak? Pastor Micah here. Uh, I have special guest Jesse Bailey. Thanks for being here, man.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jesse soon. Um, But first, Pastor Rob is okay. He's safe. He's uh, today's Michelle's birthday, his wife. So he's taking a little bit of time off. And I'm sorry you have me, but uh, Jesse is making up for it. So (laughs) Jesse is the pastor of Legacy Family Church. Yes. In West Hills, right? West Hills. West Hills. Yes. Um, and man, if, if you haven't heard about The Bridge by, by Jesse Bailey, which is his YouTube channel yet, um, by the end of this, you will be subscribed to his YouTube channel as well because um, you are an advocate for truth, for biblical truth. And I thank you for taking a stand. I thank you for, I've, I've been kind of diving into your videos and it's all... So good and so refreshing to hear. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Uh, so this is episode 172. We've been doing this for a while now. Uh, wow. we, did, we didn't know we would be doing it for this long, but uh, God's blessed it all. So we're stoked. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we're pre-recording this because uh, tonight we're, we're getting ready for our services tomorrow at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 1 p.m. So come out to those services Uh, It's always a ton of fun. We're going to do worship practice tonight and we're worshiping tonight, preparing our hearts to worship tomorrow morning. And you guys always do that so well. And so uh, we're excited about tomorrow morning. So show up to those services. Um, Pastor Jesse, thank you for being here.
1: My pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Really glad to be here.
0: Um, there's crazy connections that I didn't even know were going around. You know our uh, the worship pastor prior to myself yes. who raised me up to be a worship pastor, John Mink. Yes. Good friends. You knew him when. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Very long time. We won't disclose. How long? Because then it might give away. How yeah, long. I don't want to give away my age.
1: <laughs> but no, we knew each other for for many many years. Served together in ministry, and then in coming in, I didn't know that you were the worship leader here, right? And that were you were raised up by John. Right. So that was that was just really cool to to find that out. Turns yeah. out we also got a lot of things in common too right. that
0: we were talked about earlier. So if you haven't noticed, although Jesse's a little bit darker than I am, we're both half black. <laughs> my your your dad is. Black from Texas. From Texas, yes. My dad is black from Texas. Yeah. Your mom is white from California. Yes. My mom is white from California. I think your dad has a little bit of Native American in him. Yes, he does. Cherokee. So, do, so does my dad. Cherokee. is a little different there. Uh, but uh, you have seven children. Yes. I want seven children. Right. <laughs> I, I,
1: man, you look so young. I didn't realize you had you already had three. Hey. kids and then you Three know one on the way, so on the way. Four. i was about to say one on the way but i didn't want to say it because i didn't know who oh, you no. were told
0: yeah i know uh pastor rob discloses all of that information <laughs> prematurely anyways. as any good pastor does <laughs> no but you know t- before we get into um kind of the, the nitty-gritty of where the where the lord's going to lead this conversation tell us a little bit about your family because you got a beautiful family oh thank you yeah um well
1: uh, I'll, I'll start with my mom and dad my mom like you said uh i'm biracial my father's black from Texas, my mom's white from uh, California, and they met back in 1962 at a Southern California college and went through tremendous trials and tribulations. They, of course, were in the middle of the civil rights movement. Mm. So in, uh, I believe it was 17 states at the time they got together, you couldn't even be married. Dude, so uh, you couldn't even be a black and white couple. Mm-hmm. So, um, But they were married in, in California in 1964. My dad actually came out from Texas. Because of the racism that he was experiencing there, my father, uh, my grandfather, who was a Baptist minister, sent him out and they met. And when they met, interesting thing, I I didn't find this out until my father's funeral. He passed away five years ago and his good friend who actually married uh, he and my mother and was there present to bury both of them as well he told me that the reason that they wanted to have so many children, because I'm one of 14, I'm the 10th born of 14 children. Jeez, but they, they wanted to have a lot of children because they understood that at that time, there was um, some cultural differences. And as I'm sure you've experienced, right. you can feel rejection mm. from each of the cultures. Yeah. And they wanted to make sure that there were plenty of us who... Um, were like each other, yeah. so that we didn't feel that rejection. So they literally no, no. birthed our our friends. That's so cool. Man. <laughs> so it was it was it was interesting. So, that's so um cool. that's that's my background. I met my wife, uh, beautiful wife Jennifer, um, back in the '90s, and uh, fell in love. And we've been married 19 years now, nice. and we have seven children: six born to us, and one of uh, our adopted daughter. That's so cool. And um, yeah, just enjoying life. And you're a grandpa. And I'm a grandpa. I have two grandchildren, <laughs> uh, uh, Olivia and and uh, Micah. And, you know, they're amazing.
0: So cool, man. They're amazing. So cool. So, you know, one of the, one of the videos that, that you, you did on your channel, The Bridge by Jesse Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. That's your channel. Yeah. You're going to have a link to go subscribe to his channel at the end of this video, also in the description. So please do that. One of those videos that, that I was watching was and it kind of ties into your testimony and that's half black, half the racism. Yeah. And it, it kind of swirls around this idea stemming from a conversation that you had with a good friend that because I'm only half black, I don't really know what it feels like to be black in America. I don't really know what it feels yeah. like to, to be, to have, to have, um, racism kind of launched at me. And, and the idea, that idea is crazy. and, and before I even, before I heard what you were going to say next, I had formulated my own opinion already. Yeah. And and it turns out you said exactly what I would say. And that's, it's actually the exact opposite. Yes. I experience twice the racism. That's right. Because I'm not black enough for the black kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not white enough for the white kids. And you just kind of get left on your own. The same reason why your your family so so intuitively I was like, look, these kids need a tribe because yeah. <laughs> it ain't easy being, being a half breed. Yeah. And, and it's so true. And, you know, I was born in 93. So I'm kind of, I, I haven't experienced nearly as much as you probably have mm-hmm. in that context. And, uh, I just wanted to like, you were gonna go into sharing some stories in that video, and I literally just pressed pause because I yeah. wanted to hear it from you. Um, so, so share with us how how that's how that's affected you. People that are, are coming at you saying, how, "How can you? You're a Trump supporter. Yeah. You're a conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a Christian. Yes. First and foremost. Yes. <laughs> Follow <and> Jesus. <laughs> And, and people, you know, the, the other, other videos that you've, you've put out is how, how can I be a black Trump supporter? How is that possible? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've been called racist somehow at some point, which it's... People, <laughs>
1: you can tell when people want to,
0: right, but right. then they can't. For sure. Which is one of the blessings. Yeah.
1: And, in, you know, that's, that was actually one of the inspirations mm-hmm. for the name The Bridge um, is that there's so many bridges... Yeah. in in just my my cultural makeup right um having that bridge between black and and white having that uh that bridge between being a uh, uh, a man of color mm. but then a conservative mm-hmm. at the same time because yep. as we know there's there's such a a huge gap For sure. you know in terms of uh, African Americans who are who are conservative so there's just a lot of a lot of bridges that are there and um the hope and prayer is that I would be able to kind of build that bridge and help each of those cultures understand uh, where For the other sure. is coming from. Um, but the, the idea of the bridge is, is not to build a bridge so much between people, but it's to build a bridge between people and truth. Nice. Because if we're, if we're all heading towards truth, wherever we're coming from, we're all coming to the same place. Right. Amen. That's the idea. So a lot of times last week I actually had a question because one of the things I do on my show is I have people can call in and text in their questions and I answer them live. So it's it, the hope is that it's more of a conversation yeah. than than just me up there as a as a talking head. For sure. Um but one of the gentlemen asked a question he said, "Hey, I thought this was supposed to be more about, you know, building a bridge between people, but it seems like you're pushing a lot more of the conservative Uh, uh, agenda. I said, well, that's because I'm, I'm actually building bridges from us to truth. So, so that's the idea. So getting back to, you know, the question about, uh, you know, race and how that's, that's played in is, um, truth is the highest value for me. You know, each of us, we have, we have a set of values and core values that are in our system. You know, some people may say it's love or, you know, humor for some people, but the highest value for me is truth. Yeah. Because without truth, you can't define love. You can't define anything else. For sure. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, John fourteen six. So okay. the, when when I approach things, I try and approach it from, uh, not try to, but have to approach yeah. it from a biblical standpoint. Yeah. And um, so I had a conversation, as you mentioned, yeah. with uh, a friend of mine who's African-American. And uh, we grew up in very different environments. You know, he, he grew up in, you know, Chicago. Um, I grew up in Southern California. And there's big cultural differences. Um, so he came to me and was um, offended by the stand that I was taking in support of Donald Trump, conservative ideas, and the fact that I was being vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody minds what you support right. as long as you're quiet about it. Right. But once you become vocal about it, now, yep. there's, now there's, a, there's an issue. Yep. So um, in, a, in a text that uh, exchange that was f- over 300 text messages towards me <laughs>
0: I um, when that.
1: I was, when I was just bringing up points, yeah. you know, I never attack a person. I always, Great. I always speak to principles and people are always going to be messed up. Yeah. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. So I speak to principles and I was just bringing up some principles and you know, the attacks started coming Yeah, and it was unexpected because it's from a, from a friend. friend. Yeah. Um, but I was okay with it because I, I expect those things. But one of the things that he said is that because you're only half black, you haven't experienced all the racism, so you can't speak to that. Because right. you didn't grow up in the hood, you can't speak to life in the hood, which may be true. And I've I've lived in various places. Right. I've lived in, in in what would be considered the hood for a period of time in my right. life. But it wasn't good enough. Right. Because which, I'm which not black enough,
0: which ironically is extremely racist for someone to say. It, right, <laughs> it's
1: like you're not black enough to really know racism. <laughs> right, you know, and and that's one of the things that's um, I, I don't want to pin it on a particular uh, political party or right. or mindset, but it's just a human thing, and that is is that we always um, look at things from our perspective. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a standard for ourselves, but oftentimes a different standard for everybody else. So yeah. I expect that so it doesn't, it doesn't uh, hurt the heart when it comes at you too yeah. much. But that just kind of spawned the conversation and, and that video that you saw. is like it, growing up, I actually experienced more racism than most black people that I know. Mm. Um, we were raised in South Orange County in, in Mission mm. Viejo, which is, you know, one of the safest cities. Right. However there was a, a, a large uh, neo-Nazi population in South Orange County. Really? So uh, at very young ages, I was exposed to that and right. a dislike for me just because of the color of my skin. Yep. Um, I remember I was walking home from school one day. It was one of the rare occasions where I was by myself because usually I was with my brothers right. and sisters. one of the 13 others. One of the 13 others. It's like yeah. one of them's got to be able to walk right, with you, but right. this is a rare occasion. And uh, I was walking down this cul-de-sac. It was a shortcut from walking from my middle school. You would uh go down this cul-de-sac, and at the end there was a uh, some stairs that would lead up to the field of our elementary school, and you can cut across and shave fifteen minutes off your walk. Right. Well, at the uh, as I got closer to the stairs, I noticed that there were three guys there, and uh, I didn't know a whole lot about Nazism, but I knew what a swastika was. Right. And one of the guys had a big one on the side of his neck, and I was like, okay, I know that these guys are people that don't like people like me. Yeah. So I saw them, and they saw me, and I had to. Uh, I had to make a choice. Am I going to turn around and go the other way, mm. or am I going to keep walking? I didn't want them to think that I was afraid of them. Right. So me and my big twelve-year-old <laughs> self right. decided to just keep walking. And I walked right by them, and they were staring at me. They stopped talking. and were glaring, and I discerned which one with the leader was. I walked by him. I just said hi, and he took the cigarette out of his mouth and said, you know, expletive you, yeah, n-word, yeah, you know. And I remember just just walking up the stairs and looking back over my shoulder, and they were laughing, and they felt really big and strong for picking on a 12-year-old. But but that was one of several Mm. things that happened to me um, during that time. When my mom passed away, Mm. uh, we ended up moving uh, a little bit north to Huntington Beach. Well, Huntington Beach, California, they have, at least at that time, the largest population of neo-Nazi skinheads. Wow, at that time, so I had several experiences with yeah. them there, um, many of them um negative, but surprisingly, there was a lot of positive uh things that came from those experiences, including friendships, That's which was cool. which was really cool so I've experienced that, and then I've also experienced the other side of of being you know uh called names and because I was whitewashed yeah. you know uh, in two thousand and sixteen when I expressed my support for for Donald Trump. Man, I was called every every name in the book from, yeah. you know, an Uncle Tom, Coon, right. you know, the house Negro. Right. You know, totally. all of those
0: things. Yeah, it's crazy. It it's and then too, like part of part of it also is this you lose lose sometimes because when you stand up for truth and conservative values, Then you kinda have to fight off the token like the token black conservative thing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like like, no no no, like I don't want I don't want a platform just because I'm black. I don't want to be invited to the party just because I'm black and conservative. I wanna be invited to the party because I speak truth. Yes. And so even battling through that and and because believe it or not, like it it exists everywhere. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna sit here and say that I'm not gonna sit here and say that there aren't racist Republicans like that. that, That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But, but it is, it's, we find ourselves in this interesting place, but it's ordained by the Lord. Yeah. And, and, and the Lord's used it and it's been, I've seen the fruit of being able to speak, build the bridge and, and it's, it's so good. Um, It's, it's so good that, that we can articulate and, and see how the Lord's positioned us you yeah. know in the community of people around us yeah
1: the way I look at um, people in our position is it's kind of like God came in and eliminated uh an excuse
0: yeah. Sure. he
1: He kind of threw a wrench in it, yeah, you know i I liken it to you know we classify all the animals you know here's the mammals and you know here's the birds and here's fish and here's vertebrae and invertebrae. but then God throws something in there just to mess you up, yeah, so you know that you can't categorize everybody and totally. everything you know, so he throws in like the duck billed platypus, it's like, yeah, go ahead and deal with that, yeah yeah you know yeah. so we, so well. now here we are here's a <laughs> here's a a uh, uh, biracial what most would look at as a black conservative yeah and it it just doesn't make sense it doesn't it doesn't yeah. fit the cultural norm For and sure. it messes up everybody's yep. uh, identity politics yeah so exactly we i i while i don't want to be you know the token black guy <laughs> right. conservative invited to the party i'll take it though. <laughs> you know, totally. I'll, I'll take it I'll, I'll take every advantage yeah. to preach amen. christ and preach the truth amen and and it, it but it does come at a price yeah it does come at a price. Um, back in 2016, and, and let me say this, my, my political stance uh, is based on my faith in God and the study of the scriptures. Amen. My study of the scriptures is not based on my political stand. Amen. And that's something that can get twisted yep. as we have these on conversations. Both
0: on both sides. Where you see, you see, you see black guys who are, Christian, but they're, they're, they identify with with the melanin content in their skin way more than they identify with yes. the Bible. And yes. then vice versa. People who identify with being a Trump supporter way more than they identify with being a, a Jesus follower.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And see, that's, that's why we have to exalt truth and yeah. principles above all things. Amen. Above all things. Amen. The idea that I would base my entire life and... Truth be told, my eternity
0: mm.
1: on melanin, right. which is only a few cells thick right. on my body. Right. And That's I would crazy. I would accept all the norms and all the cultural things that come along with that without question yeah. because of that. Yep. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: It doesn't. 2016. Sorry, yeah. I, I cut you off. No, 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 no. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, but I, I was leading right back yeah, into that. Yeah, perfect, that. perfect. So in, in 2016, you know, we had one of the most polarizing yeah. elections we've ever seen in this nation yeah. at least in my generation yeah. and we have of course hillary clinton and and donald trump and i'm going to be honest when everything was starting and we were looking at all the republican candidates i knew that i stood for the republican platform even though i don't necessarily identify that's a that's a trendy word these days yeah, yeah, totally. as, a, as a republican i don't want to give my absolute loyalties to any group i'm a christian mm, okay. I vote Republican because the principles and the platform represent better right. the thoughts and desires right. of our lord so in this in this very polarizing you know race we had in two thousand and sixteen and uh you see the division in the nation, you see the the questions coming up, you see the the arguments and discussions happening within the church, which by the way, I think are good right. I, I don't think it's bad to have political discussions and discourse in the church. Mm. Um, maybe that's something we could talk about a little bit later. Yeah, for sure. I got it on my notes. But I, but, <laughs> but I, but I brought that into the, into the church. Yeah. Um, one, to address the proper role of politics mm. in the church and in society. What is God's design for politics within a society? Because he designed it yeah. for, this, for this temporal time and to make sure that we weren't exalting it beyond measure right. we weren't exalting people beyond measure right but ultimately it came down to the sunday before the election mm. and word had kind of gotten out the direction that i was going in right. so we we had a we had a large attendance and we had uh people from certain politically charged let's just say organizations there mm-hmm. to try and catch me and trap me right so I, I had my disclosures at the beginning because of, you know, the gag orders that are represented with 501c3s. Yep. Um, uh, God, when we set up the church, backing up a little bit, I, I felt strongly that we were not supposed to be a 501c3. But there's yeah. another tax code, a 508c1a, uh-huh. that is not subject to that. Right. So that is how we were set up. So I made sure that I gave that disclosure ahead That's of time cool. because there were pe- actually people there who were going to come at right. come at me for, for saying what I was going to say. yeah. Yeah. So all I did was... I took the seven most polarizing issues that are, and I, and I chose them for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Bible speaks clearly on each one of these issues. Mm-hmm. Number two, they are distinct to each political party right. on their positions on them. Right. And three, they are present in every single election, they are part of the discussion. Yep. So, uh, things from uh, abortion, yeah. gay marriage, yeah. immigration, Israel, Israel, taxes, the yep. environment, all of these things. I said, okay, let's look, and, and I, I gave everybody a handout. It's it was okay. a handout. I said, here's here's the, the topic. Yep. Here's the biblical context. Yep. Here's the platform, what they what they believe, and then you just have to mark over here which one lines up more with Jesus. Yep, yep. So abortion, we went through that. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what each platform says. Which one lines up with Jesus? Okay, the Republicans do. Okay, now let's talk about gay marriage and the sanctity of marriage. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Democrats say. Here's what the Republicans say. Which one lines up with Jesus? The Republicans. I went through every single one and just objectively read the scriptures, highlighted the platform, and at the end of that, I said, now, looking at this, just logically speaking, no culture involved. Nope just the scriptures and just what's written not people because at the beginning of 2016 going back to what i was saying when i looked yeah. at all the, the the candidates i actually got up and said y'all don't vote for trump right, right. i said don't vote for trump right because I, I i didn't particularly care I everyone did it. A- yeah. everyone did <laughs> i was like, like no, come on let's no way, get no let's way. get ben carson right, in there. right, right. <laughs> but but i was like don't vote for trump but then as things went on i was like wow god is doing something right so i broke it down and i said look Beyond people, let's, let's, let's just assume that the Bible's true and... Radical. Radical. <laughs> the Bible's true and that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the mm. glory of God. So instead of comparing candidates' sin, Amen. let's just assume they're all sinners right. and they've all fallen short. So if we've got that as an equal playing field, now we have to go to the principles. Yep. And we have to go to the principles that are outlined by each platform. And based on that, I stood in my congregation and I said, I'm voting for Trump. Dude. Man, you saw, and, and listen, yeah. a, a large majority of the African-Americans that came to the church left. Yep. Some right in the middle of the service, got up and walked out. The rest of them made it, made it known that they were leaving because I, I supported Trump mm. and the Republican Party. I tried to have conversations. But it's interesting, there's something about the, the, the left mindset that doesn't seem to want to have conversations. No and uh, no. there there's a reason for that. Yeah. But um but yeah, so at that time I, we lost about 35% of our congregation after wow. I said that.
0: And man, we we need that so much. And the churches in our communities need that so much and we get th- thrown at us all the time. Someone on your show asked you this question and that's like should do you think that the the church should use their platform and the pulpits to talk about politics and 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 you go on to to talk about and 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 pastor rob's talked about this how politics is is the greatest form of community yeah. it's just how do we live together yes and to say that you don't want your 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 christian morals your biblical values yeah. to to have any say in that is is just mind-boggling. It doesn't make any sense. How could you go how could I hold you in contempt for going down a list and going, "Hey, what we do right now is going to affect the way that we all live for the next 4 years." Yeah. So, why don't we apply maybe something that the only thing that we know is absolutely true? Why don't we apply that to this process? And everyone's like, "Oh no, that's absolutely insane." Right. It's like, "Wait, what?" I
1: mean, when I when I began the series that yeah. I was teaching leading up to that, I I stood before my congregation and and I said this to them. Think about it. If you allow sports personalities to speak into your life about politics if you allow actors and actresses if you allow news anchors to speak into your life about politics if you allow all these other outside forces your friends on facebook and social media and instagram and all these things you allow all of that to speak into your life about politics mm. yet me as a pastor i don't get to speak into your life about politics you think that the bible doesn't translate into that there's some there's some barrier there right. I, I i i teach about your marriage and how you should marry someone and right. who you should marry right. I, I talk about how you should raise your children i right. even talk about how you should spend your money right i talk about all this stuff but all of a sudden when it comes right. to politics we can't talk about that right and the the, the interesting thing is the answer to the question why mm. why do we want to keep those separate and it comes down to two things in my opinion number one training from the day yep. we entered into school, you hear separation, separation of, of church and, church and state. state, which is never even mentioned in the Constitution. Right. That is that is not something that was present. Right. That is something that was twisted. Right. So you hear that. So all this time you're hearing separation of church and state, se- separation of church and state. Right. So that puts up a barrier in our minds that, oh, we don't talk about these things. We don't mix these two things. Mm. So And that's completely false. Yep. In the Bible... Everything was about policies. As a matter of fact, when you see the original governance that God set up for Israel, faith and politics were one and the same. Same thing. When you look at all the prophets that were called, they were called to kings and kingdoms. They they, they ministered to them and told them how to to execute justice and what happened to them if they didn't. So you see true. Daniel and his involvement in politics, just about everybody was involved in politics. Oh, Jesus wasn't involved in politics. Oh, really? Right. You don't think that his death was politically motivated? Oh my gosh. You know, right. it, it was it was all about politics. So we we have biblical precedents for it. Yep. But then I also feel a responsibility uh to be involved. So the second reason we like to separate them. Most people when uh when you go into, uh, let's say you're going into a party. Yeah. Most people have it in their mind that there's two things you never right. talk about in a group. Yep. Politics and religion. religion. Why? We could talk about sports. Yep. We could talk about everything else, but we don't want to talk about politics and religion. The reason we don't want to talk about politics and religion is because it comes down to your core values. Yeah.
0: And stuff if, that actually matters.
1: Stuff that matters. If we're talking about our core values... And we disagree, Mm. then that means that I'm going to feel judged. Right. Because my core values are part of who I am. So if you don't like what I stand for, that means that you don't like me. Mm. So now we get offended. Yeah. And it also is revealing. Yep. This is why politics is so important. We can say we love Jesus. We can say Mm. we believe in the Bible. Yep. We can say we stand for justice. Yep. We can say that we, we, we uh, embrace all of the principles of God. Right. But guess what? When it comes election day, you have two marks to make. Yes or no.
0: Mm.
1: Yes or no. Right. So when we, when we talk about politics, you're actually putting your true beliefs, yep. your true faith, what you truly hold valuable, yep. on paper for everyone to see. Yep. So when I speak to that, now there's a certain level of conviction that comes on or confirmation. Right. So you either get really excited about it or you get really offended by it. Yep. Because you're voting for something. When you vote for something, you are getting in agreement with it. Yeah. So as a Christian, if I'm challenging you to not vote for the democratic platform because you're getting in agreement with abortion, you're getting in agreement with... uh, uh Transgender movement, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you're getting an agreement with uh, gay marriage and and all these different things. You're getting an agreement with that. And what happens is is God says that even those who agree with that in Romans chapter one, that you are going to be subject to judgment. It's real. It 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 reveals where you really where your heart is. You said it earlier that people exalt their culture more than they exalt their Christ. Man and this
0: is one of the areas where it's undeniable. Yeah. It's I, I we've had so many guests i forget which guest said said this but but it's it's what part what part of your life are you not willing to give to Jesus? Yeah. And if if you say politics then you got to reexamine is Jesus lord or not. Is is he actually in control of your life cuz yeah. because if you can if you can take a piece of your life and go like, yeah, trust you there, trust you there, but here and it's not even it's not even difficult. Like we said, the the church trusts you with eternity. Right. Like like, hey, Pastor Jesse, can you discern can you discern about my soul and where I'm gonna spend the the rest of eternity? And like, yeah, sure. All right, cool. You believe me? Yeah. You you bring it up against the word of God, like, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. That's all good. I trust you. And then and then but how are you gonna live your life here on earth? Yeah. And they're like, No, no, no pastor Jesse like I don't I don't really care about <laughs> I don't really care about that kind of right. thing. I I kind of I kind of removed the bible from that area of my life. Yeah. And it's it's just crazy.
1: And you know, one of the things that I've uh, someone said, I don't know who who said it, but it's it's very true. They said if Jesus is not lord of all, he's not lord at all. Mm. If he's so not true. lord of all, he's not lord at all. So true. And we have to take that seriously. Yeah. When Jesus says that you need to count the cost and that if you don't yeah. hate Father, hate mother, hate mm. sister, hate brother, even your own life, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Of course he's not talking about hating people, mm-hmm. but it's it's loving less those yep. things and giving him first place. Yep. What is it that Jesus could say no to in your life that you would resist him on? Right. That's a that's a huge deal. Yeah. And when it comes to our culture, really it's not culture at all.
0: Mm.
1: We, we we say that it's culture, but I don't think it's really culture. Um, in, in the sense of what we think about, what you wear, what you yeah. the music you listen to and everything. It has to do with relationship and rejection. Mm. I knew very well that when I stood in that pulpit and I declared the truth according yeah. to the word of God and then expressed without ambiguity yeah. who I was voting for and why, I knew I was going to be rejected. But at some point in time, we have to make the decision that we value truth above Amen. relationship. Amen. Because truth is the greatest relationship we have. Yeah. Because when we embrace truth, we embrace Christ yeah. himself. Remember, Jesus isn't, doesn't just have truth. Yeah. He is truth. So everything that is true comes from him. Everything right. that is error or false comes from the wicked one. Right. And, and it's, it's life or death, blessing or cursing. Amen. And we have to make that decision. People don't like to have to make that decision. We like to be tolerant, which basically means, oh, everybody's right. Right. Which breaks the law of non-contradiction and puts you into a place of delusion.
0: Yep. So 2016, lost somewhere around 35% of your congregation, Mm -hmm. which was God's anyways. Yeah. And the question to, I think, you at home and us, this is a question I think we need to continually ask every single day is that are you willing to to lose that 35%? Yes. Like are are you can you stand in front of whatever the thirty-five percent is for you? Maybe it's thirty-five percent of your family, you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe it's more than thirty-five percent. Maybe it's less, maybe it's nothing, maybe you grow. Maybe it's everything. Maybe it's everything. But are you are you willing to put that on the line for truth? And then yeah. I, I think it's specifically to to the churches and the church leaders. Yeah. Like you're I, and i this isn't a no over this is an overgeneralization but i i'm speaking to specifically those who are scared are you scared to lose the 35% are you, like you yeah that's your worry is that if i stand for what i know is politically right and you're compartmentalizing politically right with truth when in reality the lord's like no no no, no i'm lord over all that's what's right. true is true yeah. You can't compartmentalize what's politically true and what's socially true and what's biblically true. No, if it's true, it's true. Yeah. And if you're not willing to say what's true because you're scared of losing something, then you've got to re-examine where you stand with the Lord and, and, and how much you value that truth.
1: Right. You know, there's a lot of pastors, mm. mainstream pastors, who have for so many years catered to the crowd Yeah. that now it's not just catering to the crowd. Now you're catering to the chaos that is happening. You're catering really to the enemy.
0: Yeah, ultimately to the enemy.
1: You're, You're catering to the devil. Yeah. And that's particularly concerning to me. Yeah. Because they have great influence, many of these pastors. I'm watching them hold these um zoom meetings and putting them out for everybody mm. sitting there crying because they want to support black lives matter
0: mm.
1: which is an antichrist organization black lives matter is an antichrist organization it's written right there in their manifesto i did yep. a whole show about it i'm yep. about to do another one because even more has been revealed which i'm sure many people have heard about yep. but they're up there supporting this organization, taking their children to these things, crying about how they want people to be, you know, remember. And I'm like, everything about this is based on a false narrative. Yeah. And if it's false, it's of the enemy. Amen. And, but and we, you, don't, we don't want to make that distinction because we right. don't want to offend anyone because then they might not come to our our, our church. Mm. Then we might not get our tithes and offerings. Right. I'm just going to say it. It's true. Then we, we're going to lose popularity. Yep. You'll, you'll send out a Twitter to... Shame, Donald Trump, because you know it caters to your your watered down congregation, mm. but then you won't say anything about the falsehood that's being presented by uh, this organization. In fact, you support them. Yeah. That's dangerous, and it's it's yeah, it's working for the enemy.
0: And and I've even sugarcoated it a little bit in saying, like, look, you're either it's either you're just ignorant or you're deceptive. But at the end of the day, you're either deceptive or you're not. And, and if, it's for, if it's not for for God, then it's, it's against God. And you know, you can only use deceived for so long. Mm.
1: When you have the word of God in your hand, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to pastors and people in positions of leadership within the church. Right. When you have the same word of God that you and I have, yeah. when you have uh, put yourself... In a position, or God has allowed you to be in a position where you are teaching and preaching and leading the flock of God. If you are there in that place, it is no longer deception, it is a decision. Hmm. Because you have all the same information. Yep. You're choosing deception at that point. Wow. And we'll be held accountable. This hmm. is why the, the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you will face a stricter judgment. Yeah. Th- That's huge. That puts fear into me. Yeah. That puts the fear of the Lord into me. Amen. And I remember that every time I stand up in the in the pulpit Amen. or these days sit in front of the camera. Right, right. I am accountable to what I speak across right. that pulpit because it's going to influence the hearts of people. Amen.
0: But we've lost the fear of the Lord. And people people heard you say sit in front of the camera and they're like, wait, the church isn't open? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us have landlords that are just like sure do whatever you want yeah <laughs> like, yeah and we'll we'll, we'll get into I, I'm i really fascinated and encouraged by the way that you guys are tackling church on the go because of your situation we'll get into that but I feel like we're right on the cusp of getting into something that I wanted to talk about also and that's the idea of progressive Christianity oh and, yeah and I know you got a lot on that but that's that's what this that's what ultimately what we're talking about is yes is it's we're going Hey, I know it's I know what Christianity is, but as part of this movement, it can't stay the same. Yeah. Right? There's no way that God could just like stay the same forever, right? Then it becomes irrelevant and then the young people don't really care and yeah. dude that's it's poison. It is. And I I just did a show about
1: progressive Christianity and and talked about the history, you know, it's it's something that that came. First of all, uh, it's nothing new under the sun. Right, progressive Christianity has been there from the beginning of the church, and uh, I talk about that in, in in the show a little bit. But in in essence, what progressive Christianity is, it's trying to be culturally relevant and and Christ like without all right. of Christ at the same time. Right. In essence, they, they believe, and this, this comes in directly from a website, from a church that I used to attend. Let me back up a little bit. I was a part of what is, was would be considered a progressive church movement mm-hmm. back in the, the 80s and, and, and 90s. Um, the denomination that my, my parents were a part of um, took a sharp left turn and really started going down this progressive road even, even back then, which is why my parents kind of pulled away from it. So this isn't you
0: just going like, oh, I've heard of that. Let me Google it. Oh, I found it. This is first, you know.
1: This is firsthand. Yeah. I mean, these are, uh, I used to go to these these church camps when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I taught at these church camps. Yep. And hearing their interpretation of Scripture or just complete you know, ignoring of Scripture, right? Uh, is first firsthand. Yep. And to this day, those those individuals who I went to these camps with, they are now leaders within this church and are strong advocates, and for the LGBT community, and not in a godly way, because there, there's nothing wrong with being an advocate as long as right. you're advocating for their salvation Amen. and reaching out to them in that way. But they're advocating for e- equality and acceptance. Of the culture and affirming them, rather than um, you know loving them into repentance. So, like I said firsthand, I've seen this. I went to this website just to check out what do they believe about the Bible, and you look at it in in three things. Christianity is defined by what do you do with the Bible, Mm -hmm. what do you do with Jesus, and what do you do about sin. Yeah. So, looking at those three things with progressive christianity and this is directly from them they say these things when it comes to the bible they do not believe that it is the inerrant word of god right this website said it's a collection of myths and stories to guide us on our journey towards god myths and stories so basically i could i could read about zeus and it's no different than reading the bible so number one they deny that the bible is the inspired word of god which is crazy because the Bible says within its pages that it yes. is the inspired Word of God. Number two, what do you do with Jesus? Them to to the progressive Christian, Jesus is is not the Son of God. There, and there's there's variety within right. the the belief sex system there. There's that. there's different sects and everything, but but essentially, Jesus is not the Son of God. He was a good man, a, a teacher. As a matter of fact, most of them call him the teacher. Right. And his death was not to atone for our sins; it was to give us a good example of forgiveness and and laying down our life. Right. So they deny the atoning death of Christ, and then what do you do with sin? Well, they pretty much deny sin, right? Because now there 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 is no sin. If there's no requirement for atonement, then that means there's no sin. So they deny that there's sin. They deny the deity and the atoning death of Christ, and they deny that the Bible is the inspired word of God. So with all those three things, a progressive Christian is not a Christian at all. As a matter of fact, I would have more respect for them if they would just say I'm a secular humanist because that's ultimately what they become because if you look at the churches, what they advocate are social justice issues for humans and not the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Wow. So they, they, they just add the Christian part in there just so they can feel good about themselves. I don't even know why they would even add Christ in there because they deny everything that He is. Right, and and I really want—I don't want to spoil too much of the videos. You've already got like seriously every single thing that we're talking about right now. You go watch an, an hour and fifteen minutes of of Jesse talk about that. Like each point, they separate it out into eight hours. You fill your whole day with it. Um, but that that idea that that you were talking about that there are some Christians. That are progressive that that adhere to that, and they don't even know it yet. Yes. They don't even recognize it. It's just like this is Christianity, right? Yeah. Like we just say we're Christians, and then we just go about our day and do all the other stuff that the progressive left is doing. Exactly. And it's that's scary. And and the
1: scary part is, is you know, it's not just that you're living like a progressive Christian. It goes beyond that because mm-hmm. if you're a progressive Christian you're really living like an atheist. Hmm. That, that, that's what people call practical atheism. Right. Which is more dangerous than just blatant atheism. Right. Is to say you believe in a God, but to live as if he doesn't exist. Wow. That's what's, that's what's scary. To, to sit in the pews on Sunday morning. Yep. But then when you live your life, when you have your conversations, when you, when you go to the polls... Everything about what you do denies what you say you're adhering to on that Sunday. Wow. But, but the Lord said that there would be a day like this. Yeah. And, and again, this is nothing new under the sun, right. but we're seeing it uh, escalate and, and, and move much quicker. Right. We're seeing a quickening of this type of movement today. I mean, back in the early two thousands, it was called the emergent church, uh-huh. you know, and and now it just kind of morphed into you know the progressive Christianity. Well, back when the the apostles were there, it was called Gnosticism, right? Which is yeah. basically the same thing. Yep. So it's it's always been there, but we're seeing an an acceleration and and in the acceptance of this mindset among uh, Christians today, which yep. is alarming.
0: Yep. So. So we know what's, we know the truth. And if you're listening, you know the truth. You can't deny it. And after after knowing the truth, you have the truth. You're set free. Now we have to figure out, how do we communicate that? Yeah. And... and <laughs> And again, just this is for me, honestly, just because I love your your channel. This is this whole hour is just a, a teaser for you guys to go check out more of, of the bridge with Jesse uh, on his YouTube channel. But but the the thing is, how, wh- another another entire video that you do is how do we do this without insulting people? Yeah. And and because because we're we're there's a difference between intentionally insulting someone. Yeah. And offending them with the truth. Yeah if if the truth offends you whatever i don't care Yeah. Like, fine like i i i spoke the truth in love and you're offended that's not my problem that's your problem with the lord but we're still called to communicate in love yes. and not intentionally insult people and and i just driving here um driving here to to church there's you know a little mini trump rally happening on the corner right next to islands over uh, off of wendy mhm and inside the Target parking lot, there's a recall uh, Gavin Newsom boot, booth. And and you get this eclectic mix of people who are, they're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. But they're all doing it a little bit different. And there's some people that are there with the love of Jesus, ready to just stand up for what's true. There's some people there that, that the only identity they have is as a Republican and at the end of the day, if that's all you have, then you become bitter and, and upset and insulting. And and we're called in politics this form of community. How are we gonna live together? And and just because I I disagree with you and just because you don't you don't know what's true or at least you know it's true and you don't you don't accept it, mm-hmm. I still gotta go to the same grocery store as you. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And and so if you could just like kinda kind of encourage people cuz you did this in 2016. You you did that's such a brilliant way. You got to, you were creative in the way you said, how am I going to present what I know is true, apply it to this polarizing idea of politics. Yeah. And do it in a way that I know is loving, I know is truthful, and I know is not intentionally insulting people.
1: Right. It, it all starts with this, because we have to remember that our number one job is not to advocate a political platform. Right. We are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. And we, we should embody the, the, the very nature and characteristic of the Lord that we serve. Amen. In fact, the the way we communicate truth is a reflection of the level of lordship that we have granted Christ in our life. Amen. If he is Lord over our thoughts, if he is Lord over our heart, if he is Lord over our emotions, then we have a peace and a confidence so that we can communicate and not be offended. Right. People who are easily offended, it's because when someone doesn't like their ideas, mm. they feel that they are being rejected themselves right. personally. So right. if I can remove the, the feeling of being rejected personally right. from the equation, then I can maintain my composure and yeah. my, my heart towards people. So we need to have, be strong with Christ, number Amen. one. We need to have our, we have to have, you know, people talk about self-confidence. It's not yeah. self-confidence. No. We have to have Christ's confidence. Amen. We have to be secure in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. It's. It all starts there.
0: And I, I actually, I've never, maybe I've thought about it this way, but I've never vocalized it this way in that your offensive, overtly offensive and insulting behavior is Oftentimes, a result of you allowing yourself to be offended and insulted. Yes. And we know, like, I know I've been crucified with Christ. It's no yeah. longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. And so, and something that Pastor Rob says all the time: you can't insult a dead man. Like that's I'm right. I'm dead. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't really care. That's right. So, so I'm not going to insult you just because you insulted me. Right. It, it like Rob says again: it's like water off a duck's back. Hey, it, it, you got to choose to be offended. It
1: doesn't hurt. Yep. That's now good. we also need to understand that we are in a very unique time. People mm. are very sensitive. Yeah. And I I want to offer my my thoughts on why people are so easily offended these days. Mm. As human beings, our greatest desire is to feel loved and yeah. valued. Yep. That is a is a desire that we have and when we receive that there's a sense of fulfillment that we have. Yep. But in this day and age that that sense is under attack. Right. It's under attack because we have all these pictures of what we think we're supposed to look like, what we're, su- what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to feel, uh, you know, from your, your weight mm. to your, your look, your hairstyle, yeah. the way you dress, all that stuff. Right. You know, People are paying thousands of dollars for a pair of shoes so right. you can walk down the street and somebody goes, oh my gosh, look right. at those shoes, right. because it gives us value. Yeah. So it's our, our feeling of self-worth, Yep. is is under attack. And it makes us feel powerless. Mm. So now we desire to feel powerful. Yeah. One of the things that makes us feel powerful are our emotions.
0: Mm.
1: When people get offended, they get angry, they get upset, they get hurt. Yep. And it triggers their emotions. And I believe that people like that. Yeah. They like that feeling of anger. They like that feeling of... Of You know hurt or pain or whatever it is, because when you 're in that moment, that hurt and that pain, that emotion gives you the power to say things that you normally wouldn't say to do things mm. that you normally wouldn't do. it makes you feel strong, yeah so when i when I am easily offended by something, that yeah. means my emotions are easily triggered right. i can I can connect with that place that makes me feel powerful wow and make a stand for something, and in that feel valued wow, so people. People want to be offended, right? And because that's where they get their strength and their power. But if your strength and your power comes from Christ, Mm. then you are unoffendable, right? Right. There's nothing that they can that they can say or do to offend you.
0: Amen.
1: So we've got to be secure in Christ. Mm. There's a tremendous insecurity in the church, and it's being fed in a large part in the way that we do church, um, because we're we're feeding into that look at how cool we are type yeah. of feel a lot of times. Look at how cool we are. Oh, well, I'm a part of a cool church. Well, once this church isn't cool enough to me anymore, mm-hmm. then I'll go somewhere else that's more cool because I want to be associated with something that other people think is value because right. I get to glean off of its value myself, yeah. if that makes sense. Totally. So we got to be secure in Christ, number one, if we're going to communicate truth. Number, number two, um, timing is everything. Yep. We have to have the right timing. People yelling and shouting, vote Trump is not gonna make any Democrat change their mind. Right. Right. That that doesn't do anything. We have to pick and choose the timing that we have our conversations, and it has to be based on some sort of relationship that we have mm. with the people. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that we don't we don't declare truth, right? Because truth needs to be declared. Yep. But if it's going to be accepted, yeah. the, the the best way to do that is relationally. Relationship. Is that you know someone, yep. you've loved on someone, you've met someone's needs. And yep. this isn't a bait and switch manipulation right. type of thing. It comes from a sincere heart, that yeah. Christ-like heart that we have because we trust in him yeah. to love people and then present, present truth from that place. It's
0: real. It's discipleship. Yeah. And and the I don't know who who made this up, but Rob says it all the time. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes, and it's it's so true. If 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 I don't feel like you care about me, all I feel about all I feel is that you're just talking at me and, and yeah. trying to force something on onto me. Like I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what you know. Like, but but the people that I, I I I value their knowledge are the ones who have shown up in my life. Yeah, and the ones who have been through times hard times, and they can go like, Hey, Mikey, you know what? You said this or you did this, and that's not okay. It's like you're right. You earned yeah. that place in my life to speak into my life. Yeah. Man, and we and it comes from humbling yourself and going, "You know what? I'm going to care. I'm going to care for the one like it doesn't matter. I care for you. I love you no matter what. Yeah. I'm going to speak truth once you let me in. Like I'm going to I'm going to speak truth. Yeah. But I'm going to love you.
1: Yeah. And that's so important. It's it one relationship leads to the next. You yeah. have that relationship with God and he's you've felt his love in that way. Yeah. It becomes so much easier to love the other people in your life that way. Yep. And and that leads to the third part, and that is that we always communicate with a measure of grace. Yeah. You know, Colossians three says that let your words always be seasoned with grace. Speaking Mm. to those who are on the outside. We have to understand they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Everyone needs to write that verse down right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Memorize that verse. (laughs) We we have to communicate in a way it's like, hey, you know what? they just aren't to that place yet. Don't you remember when you weren't at that place yet in some area of your life? We, we all have those places. Yeah. So we have to come away from that place of um, being prideful and being and wanting to be right mm-hmm. and instead of wanting to communicate righteousness. Amen. If we're trying to